Welcome to another Tyrius Cast. I'm Kevin Crewell. And I'm Jim McGregor. And we're going to discuss the latest news on Qualcomm. Qualcomm recently scrapped its deal with NXP. It launched new products for 5G and it reached an agreement just recently with the Taiwan regulators, but still has an ongoing battle on multiple fronts. So we're going to discuss the status of this technical innovator and leader. Jim, can you give us a quick rundown on what happened with the NXP deal? Well, basically, after 21 months and 21 contract exten- 29 contract extensions, both companies finally decided to scrap the deal after Chinese regulators demonstrated no significant movement on approval of the deal. Despite approval by the NXP board, investors, and all other regulators around the world. So what does this mean for both of these companies? Well... Qualcomm will have to pay NXP $2 billion in cancellation fees, and both companies continue to be leaders in their respective spaces. Qualcomm obviously in wireless, NXP, and a lot of the embedded stuff. Both companies look to grow organically and possibly do smaller acquisitions. I don't think anybody, not just these companies, but anybody in the industry wants to take any type of large acquisition that would raise the eyebrows of regulators. However, both companies could be acquisition targets as well. And we'll have to deal with that as a challenge. Okay, well, it appears that both these companies, though, are vying for IoT applications, where each company appears to have an edge in different areas. NXP's in industrial, traditional embedded, uh, while Qualcomm is in the wireless connected applications like smartwatches and drones. Where do you see this developing? You know, I think both companies are going to leverage their strengths. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Obviously, NXP has the broadest uh, product portfolio for embedded processing solutions, not to mention sensors and everything else. Well, Qualcomm's going to leverage its wireless. Matter of fact, Qualcomm's doubling down on 5G by announcing millimeter wave and sub-6 gigahertz antenna modules just recently. Many of the industry doubted the use of millimeter wave in mobile applications like smartphones, but the multi-module approach with phased antenna arrays appears to work. Um, we're looking forward to actually demonstrating it or actually demoing it uh, later this year. This combination with a 5G modem and a complete RF front-end solution still puts Qualcomm out in front of all its competition. And, you know, NXP still is out in front of its as well. Okay, shifting gears a little bit, on the legal front, it was announced that Qualcomm has reached an agreement with the regulators in Taiwan. These regulators have essentially approved the Qualcomm licensing rates and device level licensing model, while a Qualcomm agreed to invest $700 million in Taiwan over the next few years and license the Taiwanese chip vendors if they so desired. So what does this mean for Qualcomm? This agreement, along with those with Japan, China, and even the comments by the EU regulators kind of reaffirm the value of the existing wireless licensing model And note that this licensing model isn't really Qualcomm's. It was established by the wireless founders, you know, companies like Motorola and Ericsson. It's just leveraged by Qualcomm and all other wireless IP vendors today. This should help Qualcomm in their negotiations with the Korean regulators, which is under review, and may influence a decision by the US FTC. So does any of this have any impact on Qualcomm's ongoing battle with Apple? You know, that's a great question. Qualcomm's battle with Apple has been fought on three fronts, with regulators around the world, where Apple has filed multiple complaints against Qualcomm, 
with Apple's contract manufacturers, which have been instructed by Apple to stop paying royalties in an effort to harm Qualcomm, and in the courts where Apple launched a case against Qualcomm, and Qualcomm has <laughs> basically launched a flurry of countersuits. Actually, not just countersuits, actually patent infringement suits, and also a suit against their use, uh, Apple's use of Qualcomm's software, modem software. So I think the Taiwan decision removes the first front and leaves the last two. The court battles will begin shortly with cases in Germany, then China, and finally in the U.S. likely next year. The outcome of those cases will likely resolve the contractual issues with both Qualcomm and the contract manufacturers, especially if Qualcomm is successful in getting an injunction against the import of Apple phones in any of these locations. You have to remember that this entire war is over license uh, rates on Qualcomm's essential patents. But you have to consider, though, that every dollar that Qualcomm makes on those patents regarding Apple iPhones represents over $200 million in profit and margin for Apple. So it's kind of why Apple's declared thermal nuclear war on one of their biggest suppliers. But we'll see what happens. Well, I think Qualcomm appears to be well positioned to win this battle based on its patents. The contractual agreements that it's had in the past with its contract manufacturers, which also predate the iPhone. And then the history of the slicing model for spurring innovation in the wireless industry. Would you agree? I would agree. I think Apple now has more to lose than Qualcomm. And if Qualcomm is successful, this would be the first time a supplier and or IP vendor has stood up to Apple without backing down. And with Qualcomm well-positioned in 5G, I think Apple still needs Qualcomm. It would be foolish to bet its entire 5G roadmap just on Intel. Yeah, I have to agree with that. With all the problems at Intel, Apple should make sure it has a good supply chain ready for 5G. Well, one last thing about Qualcomm. Jim and I recently were at their headquarters for an analyst briefings, and I took a particular interest in a little robot that was just announced this week. Vector by Enki is a tiny robot with lots of personality and powered by a Qualcomm SOC. Uh, it's in Kickstarter right now, and I wrote up a little preview on Forbes.com. It's an interesting little project, and it just shows the power of silicon intelligence in a small form factor. I think that's the most important thing here is the fact that this represents them taking AI intelligence actually down to a very small device level, not just smartphones. On that note, I think we'll wrap another Tyrius cast. Tyrius Research is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem, going from sensors all the way to the cloud. This includes custom market sizing, product and company competitive analysis, mergers and acquisitions evaluations, product and corporate strategic planning, and communications evaluations and development. For more information about Tyrius Research, please visit our website at www.tyriusresearch.com or contact one of our analysts. Keep up with us on social media at Tyrius Research or at Crewell for Kevin Crewell and at Tech Strategist, that's T-E-K Strategist, for myself, Jim McGregor. Thank you for joining us here on Tyrius Cast, and we look forward to having you join us again in the future. Thank you.